Hello yet again, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to yet another really good revision history podcast with me, Mr. Hutchison, and we are continuing with the Third Crusade. We've already done Acre, now we move um, to Richard's march to Jaffa, the Battle of Arsuf, and Richard's attempts to take Jerusalem. So here we go. After Richard slaughtered the 2,600 prisoners at Acre, he was free to move on. Also, winning the port of Acre while Saladin's ships were in port meant that Saladin was no longer a threat from the sea. Now, despite all Richard's mistakes on the journey to the Holy Land and uh, following the Battle of Acre, Richard starts to show his sort of tactical acumen now, his skill as a general. He knows that he can't march straight from Acre to Jerusalem, he could, but this would be, you know, across desert land whilst Saladin's troops were attacking him. Not the best idea. Richard knows this. So he knows he's going to have to march along the coast, okay, to a place called Jaffa. And from there, he can more easily stage an assault on Jerusalem. So that's what he does. So he leaves Acre. And travels down the coast. Now again, this is where he shows his his skill as a general. Knowing that Saladin is no longer a a threat from the sea, Richard marches his troops along the coast with his own troops, uh, sorry, his own ships beside them, sort of following them, shadowing them as they move along the coast. Okay, now what that allows him to do is whilst he's traveling across this very difficult terrain, this desert-like terrain. He's got the ships to provide shelter, provide shelter from heat exhaustion, disease. He could resupply his men with water, weapons, and food. And it basically guaranteed their safety, if you like, along on the long march to a place called Jaffa. Now, he also knows that Saladin tactics are kind of like a sort of guerrilla warfare tactics so rather than meeting in a massive battle which is what the crusaders like to do saladin would use horse archers to sort of attack a little bit and then escape and and retreat and then attack a little bit again you know sort of this kind of attack and fade guerrilla type warfare that's what saladin was good at Now, that wasn't really working against the Crusaders as they marched to Jaffa because they had their ships with them, because they could resupply, because they could uh, hide um, and shelter from from the heat. Okay, Saladin also liked poisoning water wells and and destroying crops to make it difficult for enemies in his land to, to survive, if you like. Saladin was doing that, but wasn't a big problem for Richard because he had his ships alongside him. So because of that, it limited the impact of Saladin's attack. So for all his mistakes, this showed Richard's skill at military strategy. And it forces Saladin's hand on the way to Jaffa, sort of halfway, if you like, a little bit longer, halfway between Acre and Jaffa, a little bit longer than that, is a place called Arsuf, which is in the middle of nowhere. The, the Arsuf, they're just plains. And at Arsuf, Saladin had his hand forced and he attacked Richard in an open battle. So Saladin orders 30,000 men to attack the Crusaders as they march to Arsuf. The Crusader army 
is desperately outnumbered. And they were losing knights uh, to, to the Muslim troops' arrow fire. And they were losing troops at a real alarming rate. Richard knew he was going to lose. He had no hope. He's outnumbered. He's being attacked by a fantastic general who are fighting within their own lands. They've got the home court advantage, if you like. Saladin is winning. However, in the midst of the carnage, um, two, the story goes that two of Richard's knights, knowing they're going to die, charge the Muslim lines, charge the 30,000 men in a line, just charge again, just two men, charge. In a death or glory kind of final stand, if you like. But it causes enough disruption. It's so unexpected from the Muslim troops that it causes disruption within their lines. Richard, again, being the great military tactician, reacts to this quicker than Saladin and attacks, catches Muslim troops off guards and against all the odds, Richard wins a fantastic battle at Arsuf, again showing him to be a fantastic warrior. They continue to march to Jaffa, and on the 10th of September, they reach it. They reach it and consolidate it. So now Richard has had a couple of successes. He's had success at Acre. He's successfully marched to Jaffa, and he's beaten Saladin's army at Arsuf. Now remember, this is a big win, because Saladin isn't used to losing battles. Richard now is beginning to look like he can't lose, okay? And you've got to remember the difference between the two guys, between Saladin and Richard. Saladin is a a sort of tactical genius. He hangs back and sort of micromanages the battle from afar, okay? And, you know, he's a general. Whereas Richard, Richard's in the front lines with his sword, killing people, inspiring his troops to victory you know leading from the front as it were and it's beginning to look like richard can't lose okay so now richard is in jaffa and he is ready to go to jerusalem and and have his final famous victory and take jerusalem back for christendom okay there is some discourse amongst the crusaders though Richard, remember, although he's effectively the leader, is leading a group of crusaders from different countries, French, German. Some of them, of course, blame him for the loss of their own leader, you know, whether it be Leopold or Philip II, gone home. And they were beginning to disagree with Richard about whether they should march straight to Jerusalem or whether they should head first to a place called Ascalon, and they're beginning to fall out with each other. Anyway, Richard eventually orders the Crusaders to a place called a uh, place called uh, Beath Nuba, I believe it's pronounced. Um, but anyway, twelve miles away from Jerusalem, it's basically the first attempt to take Jerusalem. Okay, but the journey is a nightmare. The journey from Jaffa to this place just outside Jerusalem is an absolute nightmare. It was the worst weather. Uh, for years in the area, bearing in mind this is a sort of supposed to be a a a sort of desert land almost suffering from violent hailstorms, something that the crusaders were not looking uh, not 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 
expecting. The journey should have taken weeks. It took two months. They suffered from disease. They suffered from lack of water. Saladin, of course, using his usual tactics of poisoning the water wells. And it takes far longer than they first thought. Bearing in mind, of course, that Jerusalem is inland, so they can't take their ships like they did on the way to Jaffa because ships don't do very well on land, right? So their supplies run out and the Crusaders have to turn back. By the time they get to be Anuba, just outside Jerusalem, they're in no condition to fight. They're poorly supplied, they're suffering from disease, they're tired, okay? And they withdraw. They withdraw. They don't go back to Jaffa. They go to a place just south of Jaffa. They go to another port called Ascalon, okay? So that's what they do. They, they leave without even attacking Jerusalem, okay? They leave. They go back to Ascalon, which is another port, so they can strengthen their position, refortify and go back and that actually was Richard's original suggestion so he bent to the will of some of his uh, French and German troops and uh, it was an absolute disaster as a result of that to make matters worse from not only had he failed to even get to Jerusalem the first time round, but whilst they're in Ascalon Conrad of Montferrat one of the potential kings this is the guy you remember that Philip II wanted to be king of Jerusalem once they'd taken it. They're, in, they're nowhere near close to taking Jerusalem yet. Typical crusader arrogance. They're still arguing over who should be king when they do it. Richard wants a guy called Guy de Lusignan. Philip wants a guy called Conrad of Montferrat. Now, Philip's no longer on the crusade, but Conrad stays. He's still there. He's still an important baron. He's still fighting with the crusader troops. He's assassinated. Okay. He is stabbed to death by assassins or assassins and he's murdered. Now that death is still a mystery. No one knows what happened to Conrad. Okay. It's thought that it's probably some of Saladin's assassins, you know, attempting to disrupt the sort of crusader camp. But Richard is blamed by some people. Richard never wanted Conrad to be king and now he's murdered. Stabbed to death. Doesn't look good for Richard. Very suspicious. And a lot of the Crusaders are disgusted. They blame Richard. And they turn around. And they go home. And again, this is important because it has repercussions later on. Richard is blamed by many for the death of a fellow Crusader, Conrad of Montferrat, who is potentially the next king of Jerusalem. So really bad news for Richard. Whilst in Ascalon... Morale is low, okay? Richard gets reports from back at home, back at the Angevin Empire, that uh, Philip II was attacking the lands in France. And to make matters worse, he had allied with Richard's own brother, Prince John. And together, they were attacking the Angevin Empire. So John had taken uh, lands and castles in the south of England, and Philip was attacking the lands in France. And this is bad news for Richard because it takes a long time for a message to get halfway across the world, right? From, you know, the Andrew Empire all the way to Jerusalem or to the Holy Land. So Richard knows even by the time he gets the message, it could be too late. Could be too late. He might not have a kingdom to go home to. His crusader army is weak. And so he's got, an impossible decision to make. 
Does he attack Jerusalem, knowing he might not have a kingdom back at home? Or does he leave Jerusalem? Failure, the third crusade of failure, and return back to save his kingdom, even though he knows it might not be there. Okay? Impossible decision for Richard. It seems whatever he does, he'll be wrong. And even if he takes Jerusalem, even if he's successful, not only might he lost his lands back at home, but what's he going to do? Stay in Jerusalem forever? It's not what he wants to do. He wants to go back to the Andrevin Empire. What happens to Jerusalem then? Saladin will take it back. So the story goes that Richard slips into a deep depression. He doesn't know what to do. But eventually he decides to give it one final chance. One final attempt to take Jerusalem. So from Ascalon to Jerusalem, the weather's much better. And it only takes five days. Some stories say that he got so close to Jerusalem he could see it. Other stories say he got so close to Jerusalem he could literally touch the walls. But what we don't know which is true. But what we do know is true is that no attack ever came. Richard decides to turn back and give up on the march to Jerusalem. He is afraid that Saladin would attack his supply lines. Saladin had poisoned all the wells. It was the height of summer. He didn't believe he could hold Jerusalem, even if he won it back. And he knew that John and Philip were plotting against him. And he decided to get back to the Andrew Empire as quick as possible and win his lands or protect his lands back there. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, that is the end of the second attempt to take Jerusalem. We're getting towards the end of the Third Crusade now. Next time I will look at the Treaty of Jaffa and see how the Crusade ended as well as Richard's journey back to the Holy Land. I hope you've enjoyed that. I hope it's been useful to you. As always, keep working hard and I'll see you next time. Bye-bye.